you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. And that's what's really interesting about this whole measurement thing is anytime that you know as a good marketer that you're not going to track all the conversions because of this campaign, you have to look elsewhere. You have to look at the overview of everything. But the next thing I'm going to show you is actually our account. And if you look at Solutions 8, I look like the worst ads manager in the world. So people that clicked on the ad to watch more that navigated back to my website are five leads. There's probably about 25. So I'm missing 5x. So talking about diagnosing supplementary campaigns and how they actually have an effect, the overall account structure and performance, not even account, just the really company, the business. Google does a good job at tracking its own conversions when they're based on clicks. They do a poor job when it's based on influencing a market to take an action that's not clicking on that ad that they saw. And you've seen this everywhere. You'll see this in YouTube. You'll see it in GSP, which is now part of Performance Max, but discover campaigns, display campaigns. And it's kind of uncanny when you're looking at the differences between just the overall account health, like let's say in analytics, where it's tracking all of the conversions, where it's tracking all of the conversions from direct and email and social and referral. And when you look at all of that, it's an MER. So as long as the MER, which is the immediate efficiency ratio, which all cash in, all cash out, which means how much did we spend on all advertising and how much did we get back? That's truly the best way to look at an account. It's something that is paramount to the success of any business where it's okay to have campaigns that are running at low ROAS or only getting a 1x return. There was a company that I actually spoke to yesterday that I'm speaking to next week that developed an AI tool to give you a predictive LTV on a specific type of client because usually you're getting like a 0.8 or 1x return, but they know that the LTV of that specific type of client is going to turn into a 2.2 and that's what they're safe with, but they don't want to spend four months to identify if that's actually going to come true. We have a bit of that in our just baseline knowledge in our mind that, yeah, if you run heavy YouTube, YouTube's going to look like it's terrible conversions, but actually it's working really, really well. And it all has to do with how you're measuring the campaign and how Google is measuring the campaign, because those are going to be two different things. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. This is a part that we'll have to actually blur because it's, if this goes on YouTube, it's a pretty important thing to identify. There was a client that we launched a, let me just make sure, but this is actually one that Regina and I work on. Regina mostly, and then I just been roped in recently for a PMAX test. Now, this is the last 30 days of our Performance Max campaign. And Performance Max did a poor job at necessarily getting good amount of conversions. But what we're not going to see is the amount of ancillary marketing that's not attributed to clicks that can move a needle. So this campaign ran for, it was about three weeks, spent two grand, had 13 conversions tracked and had $1,700 in conversion value. But there was 25,000 people that saw the ad and there's 1,700 clicks that are not all going to be attributed to this campaign. And during the time that we turned it on compared to the previous period, there was a 23% increase in the conversions and direct channel went up by 14% in, in terms of revenue. The referral channel went up by 8%. The pay search went up by 118%, but it's only 1,000 to 2,300, but it did double the amount of sales. Organic search stayed about the same. Philly stayed about the same. Now, this campaign was shut off on the 
14th or 13th, really. So 14th, 13th. So if we want to look at, let's say, this next week compared to the previous period, the 15th versus the last week. We see that, and I think I might have a day off because I think there was a conversion that might have been tracked. So now we see after it's been shut off, traffic is down across the board and the revenue is down across the board. Now the transactions actually did increase, but it's a different potentially type of user. I'm not sure. I'm looking at only revenue in and out. So you look at the direct that went up, now it's down by 13%. Referral is down by 32%. The organic search is down by 50%. And our paid search is down 82%. Now, I'm not a, a mathematician, but this is probably, if I'm tracking revenue, a bad idea to, to shut it off and then look recently and saying, oh, this is really isn't working. It's technically shut off, I think, on the 14th, where that revenue here is down 31%. And we see fairly large decreases. Now, the referral channel here that went down by 38%, in terms of revenue, and I'm just looking at before and afters. That's all we can do with MER, all cash in, all cash out. The revenue still was on their own websites. So it's not like people Googling things and coming in from other areas, which will sometimes happen. Previous companies of theirs had parent companies of theirs, or even people that are Googling things like free commerce, things like this company coupon code, which you'll sometimes see in referral. The more outbound YouTube you do, a lot of times you'll see inbound searches for scam, coupon code, reviews. You get people that are in their purchase decision and they're starting to look around to say, am I actually going to buy this? I've never heard of this company. It's the first time I'm seeing them. Am I going to immediately see a YouTube ad, click on it and buy something and be like, my life is complete. No, people don't operate that way. We need to have trust we earn first and then I will come back however, which way I may please, and then convert. So we're looking at the all cash in, all cash out model. The MER is truly the only thing that we can really tie, really tie performance to. Now, this is not necessarily just the first model, but the next thing I'm gonna show you is actually our account. And if you look at solutions eight, I look like the worst as manager in the world. I would look really, really terrible. If I, if I was me and I was looking at my account and I didn't know any better, I'd fire me as an agency for solutions eight. I wouldn't let myself market anymore. I'll share with you the reason why. Let me just pull this up here in analytics and we'll be able to see a real nice effect. Now, this is going to be much harder when you're talking about omni-channel performance. And when I see by omni-channel performance, what I mean by that is when you're looking at everything in a silo, it's easy to identify. We did one thing, we turned it on, we turned it off. What we're going to have to get really good at is a good client communication, but also we turn this on. What happened to Facebook? What happened to Instagram? What happened to TikTok, Snapchat? What did you email a bunch? Did you run a sale? Is it seasonality? How is it compared to last year? You'll need to rule out all the variables and get yourself into a really good control group, knowing that you can tie that back to the, to the changes that you're making. Norbeam does this fairly well on a click basis, not so well on a view basis just yet because it's having a little bit of trouble identifying Pmax lift and even YouTube lift. But for the most part, it's fairly accurate when you're talking about the clicks. And then you can look at the conversion path and verify that. So I'll talk into about how it tracks and then we'll talk into some, some real life scenarios about what we did and what we were watching. So I'm gonna hop into the Solutions 8 uh, analytics. And just give me one moment, I'll share screen. This is our YouTube campaign. Now, in our YouTube campaign, it looks like I have a cost per conversion of 3739 If this was anybody talking to a client, that would be a very difficult conversation to say, yeah, let's continue to spend $3,000 a day on this campaign. Very difficult. Now, we noticed that on July 18th, we started our campaign. We see the conversions. They're fairly consistent. 
there's some highs and lows and everything like that. This is good evident flow of normal consistent results as we test ad copy and all and creative and all the good stuff. Now, a $3,739 cost per conversion. Again, I would fire. You're paying $3,800 a lead for a company that does Google ads on, and running a YouTube campaign. That's bad. Now, when you look at the back end of analytics since the time that we started, you can see that these are the goals that analytics are, are showing. We're not running a brand campaign. The only thing we're running is YouTube remarketing, display remarketing. That's it. Our driver is simply just YouTube. That's all we spend our money on. And I don't even send YouTube traffic to our site. I send YouTube traffic to our YouTube channel. They come to our site on their own accord. So when you're looking at action plans and when you're looking at contact us pages going from 92 up to 183, that doesn't just necessarily happen. Closed deals went from six to 11. The action plans went from 132 to 174. We're looking at some, you know, the estimates requested 26 to 31. This is how I'm marketing it alongside of our Slack channel. Our Slack channel has a sales channel in it. We know what's nice about having the sales channel in this is we can actually identify the way that people are finding us based on what they're filling out on the Slack channel here. Here's a lead here. How'd you hear about us? YouTube. This one's Google. Let's go to here. How'd you hear about us? YouTube. we got a couple more leads that I can't tell where they came from. So let's just see what it says. How did you hear about us? So I'm sorry, we're getting some leads here. How'd you hear about us? YouTube. This one they heard about us on Google, but it could be organic. When you look at the sales channel and say, how did you hear about us? YouTube here, 10 to 50,000. How did you hear about us? Five to 10,000, YouTube. Obviously there's a theme here. That person heard about us from a podcast. And the next one, how did you hear about us? We even see that the source is YouTube organic and they went to the performance max. It says, just stumbled across your YouTube video where John talks about GMC suspensions. Okay, how did you hear about us on YouTube again? This is just in the last five days. Just last five days, we see but like seven or eight leads in the past five days. Now, if we look instead of Google in the last, oops, let's see, last five days, I've tracked two, two conversions. And I haven't even gone back to the last five days. I haven't even finished it. There's probably a couple more leads here. So what's interesting is I'm seeing a lot less conversions inside of Google ads than I am inside of my analytics or even the Slack channel with proof of then on the leads own accord saying, sorry, YouTube channel, how do you hear about YouTube? YouTube isn't the first selection on our dropdown. The first selection is Google, then it goes YouTube. So they have to physically click the button, go down two rows and then click YouTube. So I know this is real, but Google is not tracking well at all. Like this, there's, and there's more conversions that are coming in that we had to skip like probably six or seven conversions because there were different types of conversions they filled out our contact us form. I don't believe that people are just, you know, finding us randomly and converting. And Mike, you're, and Gabby, you're here right now? Yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> Okay. Of the last week, and off the top, yep, no worries. Of the last week, just off the top of your head, how many leads came in and how many could we identify to YouTube? Just, you know, I'm not holding your feet to the fire for an exact number, but it's like 10, 2. This week was kind of a low week, so not much of our clients, but almost all of our leads generally come through YouTube, which probably could be around like, even in a week, like 26, we can get 26 clients that come from YouTube. But this week was particularly low. Yeah, this week was definitely a lower week for sure. But we confirm <clears throat> verbally with them too, John, and they're all YouTube. And a lot of right. them reference specific ads nowadays too. So. Right. So in the last 14 days, was there 4.8 leads that came from YouTube? About five leads in the last two weeks? Much more. That's exactly what this topic is about. We know that those campaigns, the people that clicked on the ad to watch more that navigated back to my website are five leads. There's probably about 25. So I'm missing five X. Now this is also performance max. 
Performance Max has YouTube built in. It has Discover built in. It has GSP built in. It has Display built in. It has remarketing on those channels also built in. But then we measure Performance Max on, well, did they click on the shopping or did they click on the search? And it's an inaccurate way to measure it. We already know that the campaign, you can look in the segment by ad event type and you can see that those have other view attributed conversions, but they're not captured all the way. There's still a lot missing. So when you're looking at supplementary campaigns in order to help change over the performance and the overall MER, there's a few things that we could look at. There's a few apps that we could use. And I, I wish I had my one app, but the one app that I had that I was going to present today expired yesterday for my client. They kept on a free trial version and I haven't updated it yet. So I can't go back to 90 days like I really, really, really wanted to. But long story short, and you're just going to have to trust me on this one. I ran a test for a client that was a feed only upgraded from smart shopping PMAX campaign at $500 a day and a YouTube campaign that was running at $500 a day. I tracked probably about one quarter of the conversions that actually had a lift. What this, and I started this test on the 27th and went to the 17th, 16th. So from the 27th through the 16th, 27th, half on the 17th, so let's just, let's just call it 17. There was a 66% increase in total sales. New customers went down, returning customer rate went down by 19%. They were at 83 when we first started this before even performance bags, before this test as well, they're at 83. We got that down to 60 with an increase of their online store by 66%. Total orders went up 40%. Sales attributed to marketing, 38%. We can see YouTube was at now 1100. Facebook's still at 3800, but that didn't change. There was a 1% change in sessions from Facebook. That's what's really interesting about this is... Facebook had a 1% change and YouTube was the thing that started. We, we started with YouTube and Pmax and there's a large movement on this needle here. I don't have the buy the numbers app. I wish I did. We had it expired. I don't think that the gentleman has updated it yet, unfortunately. So I can't go back to 90 days. I go only back seven. So it's not really great, not really great test, but he didn't change anything in Facebook. Right now we're still in the last three days, same exact 0.5. Like we're really running really well. I stopped YouTube though on Monday. So I stopped YouTube on Monday. I let feed only PMAX go. So we have the same amount of total sales, but that's because our recharge subscriptions were good. Facebook went up 783%. The online store actually went down 11%. My returning customer rate popped up 36%. My sessions went down 20%. My total orders went down 14%. The sales attributed marketing because I also run email went up to 220%. But you can see YouTube had a 45% reduction this last week and I lost 40, 11% of my online store. Everything else has been the same. I shut off YouTube three days ago and we're starting to see this, this downturn starting to happen when I was up 63% during this time period. Google says I'm horrible. Google says this is terrible. Like nothing's working in here. Your YouTube conversions are costing you $800. Your PMAX feed only campaign is nice at $100 CPA. So that's running really, really well. But your YouTube campaign is terrible. YouTube is not working at all. And that's what's really interesting about this whole measurement thing is anytime that you know as a good marketer that you're not going to track all the conversions because of this campaign, you have to look elsewhere. You have to look at the overview of everything. That's very, very difficult to do, especially when PMAX becomes larger and larger and larger. PMAX doesn't get new attribution data in Nordbeam. It doesn't. So if you look at PMAX and do click and views in Nordbeam, it doesn't give you any additional conversions, even though Google shows, yep, we had 27 people last week that saw the ad longer than 10 seconds and they converted without touching it. Clicks and clicks and views on Nordbeam does not change. So we can't rely on Nordbeam for this data. This has to come from good marketers. And you have to know if you run YouTube, 
find where it's converting. Are we getting more email signups? Checking the analytics goals, regardless of source. Are we getting more direct and organic and referral lists like we were with the other company that I shared with you at the first example? We saw everything kind of moving up. Our spend and our revenue instead of the paid as channel and analytics only went up by like 20%, but we 50 and 60% elsewhere. That client also ran a direct mail campaign at the same time, but you don't get direct visits from direct mail. No one types in that website URL directly. They usually do the Google search for branding. That's just kind of a consistency. So when we're looking at this here, it's very hard to sell a client on, hey, trust me, that that high CPA that you're seeing in YouTube, that's fine. You're, you're okay. Don't worry about it. Very difficult to do. It's very good, difficult to tell a client that they had a $562 cost per conversion, even though this account's never been under 200 in the last three months on feed only. I'm feeding it my own data. Even the brand's at 193. I'm getting cheaper conversions on my remarketing for my YouTube channel than I am getting a branded conversion, which doesn't happen. So that's what's really interesting is when we're looking at the different campaigns, we have to measure it accordingly. So far, is there any questions? Because this is like, it's nebulous, but it's more of like the tools box in order to identify where to start to look at the overall effects. Okay. Oh, I guess you Caden, which app would you use in Shopify for this? Caden, what I that was like 10 minutes ago. So what question was that about? I'm sorry. That was mainly just like, for the like people like the survey at the end, you know, where people can say, oh I found you on Google or oh I found you on YouTube or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. The uh, post purchase survey. That was actually one that I can pull up here. That is something that I think that we should probably look at doing more often for clients, it's going to be helpful because we actually had a client come to us and say, Hey, did you know this is a thing? <laughs> we got, we had a feeling, but they confirmed it with this. This is the week, I guess I would do this here. Let's say over the 12th. So there was 31 responses in a post-purchase survey. That's an email or an app. Can't remember exactly. Either one is fine. I don't really I think there's this email, but there's an app for post-purchase of like, how did you hear about us? Same thing that Solutions 8 does where it's like, how did you hear about us? YouTube. Out of 31 responses, and this is not all, I think there's only like a 25% response rate. 24 of them said, I came from YouTube. Right now, YouTube has 19.56. We looked the week before and 24 of them that already converted out of, I don't know how many conversions said, oh no, I saw it on YouTube. That's a very interesting statistic. YouTube tracked less conversions than we had survey responses, which is less than the total conversion. So one more time, YouTube tracked less conversions than the survey responses, which is only a fraction of all conversions. That's big. That's one of the reasons why when the client first came to us and said, hey, did you know that YouTube's actually crushing it based on what people are saying in, in the survey? I think that happened around here and we just started scaling up YouTube. It's pretty fantastic. And 1900s marketing for the win, Kate, she's pretty much right. Trust me, that billboard is going to work. <laughs> People love billboards. <laughs> but that's what's really interesting. So we started to scale up more. And what we did is when we looked at the MER, we actually saw that the as more and more that we put into YouTube, YouTube showed incremental increases in MER. When we looked at the whole scenario minus the lift that we're getting on Amazon, we had like a 2.4 MER. We're like, all right, just keep scaling up. YouTube is obviously not tracking all conversions, maybe tracking a fifth, maybe. But when you look at the MER of everything is they don't do any other marketing besides YouTube, which is why all their conversions post-purchase surveys say YouTube. We started to scale this up. I could care less what the conversions are on Google. I'm not even looking here. As long as this doesn't fall off the map, I shouldn't see a fall off the map on the back end of the client's website. But when we're running YouTube, this is going to be safer dis display. 
It's going to be the same for Discover. It's going to be the same for Performance Max. This is something that we have to look at. If I'm spending this, what is the overall lift? It's becoming more and more and more the norm of how we're going to have to measure these campaigns. Google, especially when the third-party attribution kicks off where we're no longer going to be able to see the third-party cookies, this may be the only thing that we can really market. We just turned into like iOS or post-iOS 14.5 Facebook marketers now. Be like, well, we lost 90% of our tracking, but here's what's going on. Like that's going to be a potentially scary time. And that's why we all have to get really good at ignoring clients' information ignoring Google's information and finding out for ourselves as good marketers, when we run this is what we saw, depending upon what else was in that media mix of spend. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.